Hey, this is Natalie Bourne, and you're listening to the Relationships and Revenue Show with John Hewlin. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Show. I am your host, John Hewlin, and super pumped that you guys are here today. I have a special guest with me today, the one, the only, the fabulous Natalie Bourne. Natalie, how are you today? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, super excited to have you here today. So everybody, I want to give you a little bit of background about Natalie. Now, Natalie is the founder and chief disruptor, you heard that right, chief <laughs> disruptor at Innovation Meets Leadership. She also happens to be the, the VP of Innovation for... Help me out here, Natalie. I'm missing Territory you. Global. There you go. That's yeah. right. Now, she's worked with some amazing brands in the past. You've probably heard of them before. Career Builder, bet you heard of them. Let's see, First Data, ADP, all huge companies that she's done business with in the past. So that's, she has so many amazing things going on, things she's done in the past, but she has two titles that I'm pretty sure she holds above any others, wife, and mom. Absolutely. Yes. Those are, those are more important than any of the other acclaim in the business world, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because no matter what you do, your family is always with you. And if that's your right. job changes, they're still there. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And that's, I think that's so important for us to remember is at the end of the day, your relationships, and that's why I like the name of the podcast, your relationships matter so much. Mm, that's right. They sure do. Yeah. All right, Natalie. So I gave everybody a teaser about <laughs> you and everybody kind of knows where you are right now. Sure. But give us a little bit of your background. Where did you come from and how did you get to where you are now? Sure. So my background was that I, you know, I worked my way through college. And so I, I had to go out and get a job in order to pay for college. And I ended up at this little company called headhunter.net. And I was just answering customer service calls. They later got bought by CareerBuilder. We had a reverse merger where our leaders came back and took huh. over the company with the name CareerBuilder. Like who's ever heard of that? So I went from I'm losing my job to we're all back. We're back in the building. Okay. And uh, it just happened in a span of just a few weeks. And so I built my career at CareerBuilder. I was there for about 10 years, moved from answering phones and customer service to being the director of product development and working on about $780 million in products. So nice. uh, helping dream up what are our new products? What are our new innovations? What are we inventing next? What does the customer want and putting them at the center of it? And so from there, I moved on to many different product roles. And then um, I don't know if you know this or not, but I actually ran sales at my last corporate hey. gig. All right. Before, yeah, before I became a um, an entrepreneur and a really an innovation consultant. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, here's the thing that I think what part of our audience are new entrepreneurs or people who are thinking they might want to go into business for themselves, even with a side hustle kind of thing. Yes. 
And so many of them tend to over glamorize what it's like to be in business for yourself. I mean, first of all, folks, it's hard, hard work. Many really? times it's you're trading your 40 hours a week for 80 to 100 yeah. and probably for a lot less pay, at least yeah. initially. That's right. So keep that in mind because it's not always as glamorous as it seems. But um, this whole idea with entrepreneurship um, and leadership, it's about learning how to build those things up. And the other part of that that I think far too many entrepreneurs forget is that no matter what you do, I don't care what your business is, you are always in sales, always, yes. no matter what you do. That's right. And you're also in accounting and you're also in finance and yep. you're also the uh, you know, administrative assistant and mm. you really wear every single hat that's typically worn in a business, you're wearing them all. And mm. so if there's, if there's an area where you're weak in, it shows immediately. And that's, that's the part about being an entrepreneur that people don't realize is you get to learn all your weaknesses in just a few weeks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And sometimes it's shown to you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Those usually aren't so fun. Yes. All right. Um, this idea of innovation has always intrigued me. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember. There's a, uh, I, I love personality profiles because I think it can reveal a lot about ourselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, ones that I'm very familiar with are like Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, DISC, and even True Colors, there's another one that I know a little bit about, and that's Colby. Yeah. And on the Colby one, I, what I come up as is something that's so small and tiny, like hardly anybody has it. And that it's because of not just my entrepreneurial side, it's what kind of entrepreneur I am. The term I use is I am a serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so, I start lots and lots of businesses and almost all of them have nothing to do with the other ones. <laughs> Primarily because I get bored and I like doing different things, i.e. Yeah. innovation. Yes. And that's what I love about that. So if you would take a little bit of time and talk to us about this idea of innovation and how you've been able to apply that in your circumstance and maybe how we can start to view it differently and implement it in what we do. Yes, so I think when people think about innovation, like the first thing that comes to mind is, what am I going to invent? Um, but I would say if any of your listeners are part of a larger organization, they need to start by thinking about what's the dynamic that exists in my organization and does it unlock innovation or does it hold innovation back? Mm. And so unknowingly, we can be leaders that actually hold innovation back. We can be the ones that are stopping it. So some of the things that I look at when I'm talking to my clients is I look at the health of the team. Okay. I look at, does leadership have buy-in for this innovation? Like, do they actually, are they on board? Because if they're not, guess what? They won't fund it. Mm. And funding matters. As we all know, as entrepreneurs, you have to have funding <laughs> if you want yep. to move everything. True. And then I also look at this idea of like strategic alignment. So how is the innovations that you want to bring to light how is that aligned with the organization or is it? And do you have an ideation framework to actually move things through the organization or do they get stuck and do good ideas come to your organization to die? Wow. 
Okay. Strong, the strong words. That's interesting. That really causes me to do some thinking, not only in terms of what I do and my businesses, but ones where I used to work and thinking back on some of the, I'm using this term very loosely, leaders (laughs) that we had. um, I think there's a difference between title and leader. That's right. Huge difference. Yeah. In fact, I have met so many people that would be considered underlings that were giants in leadership. Yeah. And well, other and others who are, you know, have these tremendous titles with commensurate salaries. Yes. They couldn't yeah. lead their way out of a wet paper bag. Yeah. And I think what you're getting at is is the heartbeat of influence. And we have to realize that um, we're influencing people all the time. My, my executive coach says leadership is how others experience themselves when they're around you. So that idea that like, you know, the way that you make other people feel draws them towards you or repels them. And, and as we know, again, I love the name of your podcast, like relationships are everything. They're everything. Oh, completely. In fact, yeah. one of the things that I encourage people to do um, both personally and professionally is you have to figure out who you are first. Always. You have to work on you Yeah. because once you get that honed in, once you know who you are, when you start to get around other people, it will become apparent very quickly who is drawn to you and who is not. Yeah. And people not being drawn to you is not always a bad thing. Especially in business. I mean, truthfully, in business, I would rather have a thousand no's to every one yes, mm-hmm. because I know that yes has buy-in. Yes. It is good to go. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And I, I think, too, when you think about leaders in business and leaders in the innovation space, there's a couple things that I think they need to understand about how do you bring, how do you give rise to innovation within an organization? Mm. I think have to breed psychological safety and that's the leader's job to make their team feel safe to come to work and like they're not going to get fired if they breathe the wrong way Um, and then there has to be this collaboration you know one of the things that i've found with innovation is that consensus is poison to an organization it's actually toxic Hmm. but collaboration is critical collaboration says you have an idea let's make it better. Let's figure out, you know, maybe there's 30 ideas. Let's figure out which one can actually win. Consensus says, you say your idea is good. I'll say it's good too, because I want to make sure that I have my job here tomorrow. Oh, okay. Now I'm tracking with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so in, in that, I think there's this idea of candor too. So leaders who are candid and who help their teams to become candid, they are more successful. Candor to me is just communicating with openness and honesty. So Mm -hmm. John, if you've brought a pet project to the table, I can say, John, that's not a good idea. Let me tell you why. And you can say, Natalie, I fully disagree. And here's why. And we can have that conversation and we can arrive at the right conclusion versus Mm -hmm. out of fear, me telling you that your idea is great and we're all being driven off a cliff, right? (laughs) Right, right. You know, that the way you said that reminds me of what I was saying before about the no's versus yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really oversimplified what I was saying, but truthfully, when I see someone who clearly says no to me, if for whatever it is that I'm selling, I actually don't completely view that person as a no. I, there's, there's two other words I add to it. No for now. That's right. So yeah. 
that means there's possibility in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving that possibility out there. But so I'm not closing the door or shutting it. I'm just, I'm closing it mostly. Yes. And I'm a big proponent of give me the no up front. Like yes. Let's, yes. let's have the no right away. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's not waste each other's time. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And even if I can get you to say, to give me all your objections, we can then work through each and every one of those to arrive at a place where you're either now a full, fully yes, or mm-hmm. you're fully no, but we're walking away knowing that we talked about what needs to be talked about. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. We got yeah. amen right here. Yes. <laughs> all right. So partnering the ideas of innovation with leadership is an interesting twist on both of those because typically, or uh, that may be too much. Let's just say what I tend to see often is people in camps of this is an innovator Mm -hmm. and this is a leader and the two usually don't intertwine. Usually it's almost like oil and water. Does it seem that way to you? Absolutely. That's, that's why I founded my company. That's why I founded this platform of thought leadership because of this divide. And what I've seen in business in my 15 plus years in business is that when you combine these two things, they're powerful. A lot of us as leaders don't realize that it is our job to see the future. It's our job to look out into the future and say, what's going to happen next to see around those corners and say, what's coming How do I combat what's coming? And better yet, how do I be ahead of what's coming? As a leader, that's our job. It requires ingenuity, innovation. It requires creativity. And it requires us to bust a box (laughs) that we've been living in because it's too, you know, financially, um, you know, on on our side, like we're, we're enjoying the financial profits of the way we're doing things today, so much so that we don't look out into the future. And that's where companies experience breaches, disruption. COVID's been a disruption to a lot of organizations. And so when we don't look out to the future and we don't think more powerfully about what's coming next and how can we rise above that, um, we're, we're, we leave our organization kind of sitting in a, in a place of, of, you know, potentially being taken out. Oh, absolutely. You know, just hearing what you're saying is making me think even more about what it is that I'm doing with this show. And uh, just as an emphasis to everybody who's listening, possibly some for the first time, the whole purpose of this show is to help men improve their most significant relationships at home and at work. And see, you're talking about this whole idea of leaders innovating, being able to see into the future. I'm taking this from having been divorced for over 10 years and knowing what happened even before that, what led up to my divorce, yeah. And I can see it. I can yeah. see it a mile away when it's coming for God. It's like, you're headed down my path. I see it. Yeah. There's just a little grain of it. It's like, this is a beginning. And yeah. it's going to start gathering momentum as it goes down that hill. And once it gets going to a certain point, it's darn near impossible to stop. Yeah. Well, and I would say earlier in my career, like I had a really sweet gig where I was traveling um, around the world helping to, you know, after a company was acquired, I was on the ground to help integrate them into our, into our bigger, you know, company. Hmm. And I would sometimes go to Amsterdam for the week, 
come home on the weekend, wash my clothes and turn around and go back to the next country. And that breeds um, more and more, the more you do that, what it breeds is that you see your job as your identity and you see your identity as your job. Right. And if you can't decouple those, you will destroy everything around you. And so to me, innovation is even figuring out how to get things done without it costing you your soul. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so as I mentioned, this show is called Relationships and Revenue. And I mentioned relationships first because it is my belief that they are the most important things that we have in life. Relationships are everything. Yeah. So with that thought in mind, what are you doing right now to work on, improve better your relationships at home? Yeah. So um, my husband is a men's pastor. So he, just like what you were saying, he sees a lot <laughs> in, in what he does. And so a lot of what we're trying to do is be more intentional because we realize that, you know, by putting, by putting him in ministry, he's right in the heart of, of um, targets on his back. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so part of what we have to do is be really intentional. And so one of the ways it's very practical, it's very tactical. One of the ways we do that is, is we have a shared calendar mm -hmm. and I, I find that us being able to communicate with one another. I think the biggest arguments happen when we're not in good communication with one another. Absolutely. So this shared calendar is a way that we can sit down each night and say, what's going on tomorrow? Where do you need my support? Where do I need your support? And then, oh, by the way, when are we actually going to get to spend some time together? That's not talking about our schedules and what we have to get done and, you know, all of this stuff. That's the kind of the minutia of life. Like, when are we actually going to get to connect? So sure. this, this kind of becomes our uh, tradition every night. We sit down and, and have this discussion about what's our, what's your day look like tomorrow? Where can I help you? Mm -hmm. And then going through that to, to support one another. And I think that's, the powerful piece is that, especially in a season like this, you know, our kids are home running around. Like right. we've got to figure out how to support one another through each season of, you know, uh, what we're going through with, with all that's going on in the world. Yeah. So how are you guys setting aside that time where you're not talking about the schedule and what's going on with the kids and the finances and all that, where you're focused on just the two of you? What are you yeah. guys doing for that right now? Yeah. So, you know, what's cool. So my folks, most people may not like this, but my folks live in our neighborhood. <laughs> oh, okay. so, so it's cool for us. So, so Wednesday nights are kind of our night. We'll usually drop the kids off. Um, our, our thing is to go pick up some sushi okay. and just to sit down and dream about the future. I mean, part of innovation is, is being forward thinking. So it's very easy when we're going through crisis and we're stuck, like, you know, we're, our amygdala is kind of being hijacked right now with all that's going on when you read the news and everything else mm -hmm. to get really stuck in the world is falling apart. And when we set that side of time, set that time aside Wednesday nights, what we're actually doing is we're looking into the future. I'm asking him, what are you dreaming about? What are you worried about? Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about? And, and he's doing the same for me so that we have Good. a place where it's not just we're in the day-to-day -day grind, which that's very easy to do, but it's a place where we're saying, let's look, let's look a little further out. What are you dreaming about? Okay. Now, doing those things, how is that impacting your business? So part of, I think, what's really cool is we, we do go into this space where, um, you know, and this has happened many times where I have an idea and I think it's an amazing idea, but going back to the radical candor idea, right? Like 
he'll be like, so let's flesh that idea out a little bit more. And I'm like, well, darn it. Like <laughs> I didn't think about all the corners. And so, you know, even though like he's never been in technology, never really been in my space, he has a really good instinct for just looking at an idea and saying, you know what, you, you've got a car, but it's missing three wheels, you know, <laughs> let's talk about what those wheels are. And so that part's really cool. Cause, cause I think what a lot of people need, especially as entrepreneurs, and especially if you're a solopreneur where you don't have like a big team around you, mm -hmm. you need thinking partners. True. You need people just to help you think through an idea, whether or not it's, you know, the emperor has no clothes mm -hmm. or it's actually a good idea. Right. Yeah. So as you're seeing your relationships at home improve because of the things you're doing, the things you're working on, the conscious effort you're making to make them better, how in turn are you able to take, or do you use some of the same techniques with business partners or potential business partners? I do. So like one, one of the big things that um, has come into the technology and kind of innovation space is design thinking. Okay. And it's rooted in this idea that you have empathy for your customer or your stakeholder. But anytime you do anything, you put them at the center and you think about them before you even get started. So it's driven by this idea of ongoing feedback. It's driven by, you know, being team-based. So not making decisions in silos and mm -hmm. you're you really visually think. So everything gets designed and drawn out when you're, even if you can't draw and I can't draw. So I, I still draw um, <laughs> because when we get it out of our head and get it onto paper, then it has meaning and we can put legs to it and it can have life. And so um, it's this idea that I need to hear other voices speak into what I'm doing mm -hmm. and that needs to be reflected back and forth. So not only do I apply that in my own personal life, but then I take that into every client I work with is this idea of putting empathy and putting the customer at the center of everything we build. Great. So with the idea of improving your relationships, what are some of your best practices that you use to improve relationships, either at home, which you've mentioned a couple, yeah. or when you're working with clients or potential clients? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing with relationships, and you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, is cr creating safe places to have real conversations. And so whether I'm leading um, a small group or I'm in a, in a company working with a team or whether I'm talking to my husband, like I have to understand that the way I say things matters. And I tend to say things a little more provocatively to get my point across, but, <laughs> um, but I have to understand that when I'm talking to an individual, the way I say things matters and what people take away from you when you say something that's hurtful, I mean, they'll remember that for 20, 30 years, right? And so, but when you, you breathe life into someone, they may not remember the words, but they're going to remember how it felt when you spoke life over them. So the idea of helping people rise to the person they'd like to be mm -hmm. and helping them see around those corners to do that. And so psychological safety, bringing that into the team, bringing that into, to, and one of the ways you do that is candor. And it's funny because people know that they can come to me to get an honest answer, <laughs> but I'm also not going to be cruel, right? And, and I think it's, you have to constantly do this in business because you know those people that you avoid because they're cruel with the way they say things and they don't, they don't really hold back. And then you know those people that they're honest, but you can absorb what they're saying because you know that they care about you. And I think that's more important because 
whether you're leading at one place or another, when you walk away 20 years from now, you're going to see those people. And the question is, how did you treat them? Absolutely. Yes. You know, I think falsely people believe that the harder you are when you're being honest, it somehow makes it more honest. Mm. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Yeah. Because I've had some of the most difficult truths shared with me in extremely loving ways that yeah. I felt love from the other person, even though what they said to me hit me like a two by four across the face. That's right. But, but I, I didn't feel bad because of it. And there's other times where I had people share information with me that it almost broke me. Yeah. And the content itself was kind of, eh, yeah, not that big a deal. It's more of a, it felt like a 10, but really should have been more like a three. Yes. Yeah. You know, I heard Jack Welsh um, speak live a number of years ago and it was, it was incredible. And he's just, you know, he's just the coolest guy. And one of the things he was saying was if you are in an organization and you lead somebody and you don't tell them some of the things they need to do to improve, even though you see them and they go to another company and they get fired for that. He said, it's on your hands, not yeah. theirs. And yeah. I've always remembered that as a leader. So it doesn't become, should I tell them? It becomes, I have to tell them. And now let me figure out a way to say it where it, they can receive it and grow from it. And it doesn't stop them or hold them back. And it's the onus is on us to have those hard conversations but you're exactly right. The way we have them matters. And you can either create safety in that conversation or you can create havoc in that conversation. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I advocate on this show often is the idea of personality profiles and how important those are, yeah. um, first and foremost, for ourselves, but also doing that with your team. If there's mm -hmm. one particular one you happen to really like, using that with your team. Because yeah. the reason that I have done that in the past with others is because it allows me to take the same information and know how I need to disseminate it. That's right. Because the person who needs the hand-holding at the beginning and needs a two-minute conversation with me before moving on with what they need to do is very different than the person who needs a bullet point list from me. That's right. Very, That's very right. different. Yeah. And I think as a leader, you have to know your style and you have to know your team style. It's critical. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's critical. Yeah. So um, we're getting close to wrap up time. But before we do that, if folks want to find you, mm -hmm. where's the best places to find Natalie Bourne? Yeah. So you can follow me at Innovation Meets Leadership on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Um, you can definitely reach out in all those different places to follow me. Okay. Oh, and by the way, folks, Natalie has her own podcast. That's right. Which I highly, highly recommend, which is called? The Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. So I make it really easy for everybody. That's <laughs> right. She is, yeah. she is on brand all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, we wrap up every interview with a final four. So are you ready for your final four? I'm ready. All right. Why did God create Natalie? 
So my purpose statement is to be a lover of God and a healer of men. So no matter where I'm going, I'm trying to figure out how to help somebody contact themselves back to their purpose and why they matter and why they exist. So no matter where I'm going, I'm trying to figure out, let's figure out your purpose and why you exist, whether they want to or not, like I'm on mission. <laughs> All right. All right. What are you reading or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Yeah. So I'm constantly listening to books. One of the ones I would especially, especially promote to this particular podcast is the book From Impossible to Inevitable. Okay. And it's about how to create predictable reoccurring revenue. It's one of the most powerful books that I've ever read that book. And then um, the FBI hostage negotiator book, never split the difference. Like mm -hmm. those two books are just super powerful in terms of negotiating and thinking about how to engage with people that you're talking to. Interesting. Okay. Uh, folks, if you're on the treadmill or you're driving when you're listening to this, don't worry. The things that Natalie's mentioning will be sure to include in the show notes. All right. Awesome. Question three, what's your favorite thing to do with your family? So obviously with uh, COVID, <laughs> that has probably changed a lot. But for us right now, it's been very simple. We do a family walk every night with our um, 65 pound Labradoodle bear wow. and uh, our two girls and, and my husband. So that, that's kind of been our thing is to go on this evening walk. We'll usually walk somewhere between like a mile and a half to two miles and just kind of hang out and talk and find out how everybody's day was. Okay. Now I have to ask, how old are the girls? 10 and five. And they don't complain about two miles of walking? The five-year-old always does. <laughs> okay. See, I'm be, I'm, we're keeping it real here, so I get it. But at, at mile point, you know, two, five, she's like, you know, I, are, we, are we done yet? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that sounds right. All right. And lastly, what are you most grateful for? Man, I'm most grateful for our health, especially in the season with what's going on with everybody. Um, you know, I'm just thankful for our health, thankful for um, our family, and, and just thankful that we're here to help make an impact on earth. I think that's such a, a big deal that um, if you think about just even the idea that we were created and we're here and um, just appreciating those moments and being grateful for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you do and this whole idea about innovation and leadership and how to put those things together and how we can use them in our everyday lives, both at home and at work. Okay. Thank you for having me, John. I appreciate it. All right. Listeners, thanks again for tuning in today. I'm so appreciative of all of you. Uh, if you would, please do us a big favor. Uh, subscribe to the show if you like it, which of course you do. Why else would you be listening? But uh, that sounds a little arrogant, I know, but that's okay. Uh, but besides subscribing, rating and reviews really, really give me an idea of what you're thinking about the show, and it also lets others know more about us. And for those of you who are interested um, and want a shout out, on the show. Thanks for if listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. On Two ways you can do that media are to give us a rating tag me in it, and, and or in this case, connect with me on social media. Well. You can find me at First of all, John Hewlett. I'll thank you for Thanks doing again that for listening on the show. And remember, and I'll give you a shout get you started. out on social media Purpose as well. Keeps you going. So thanks Have again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody.